Welcome to episode four of the Toffee TV podcast. It is me, Ped, and Andy. The Hello. Oh, no, just, just jump in. So I was eager. Just jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, for the final time. For a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's not the final time. I'm not going to be here next week. Or are you, are you bound to Twitter pressure and get rid of me? No, <laughs> no, there's no, there's no such thing as Twitter pressure. There's no such thing. These people who... But I know. You make controversial comments. Uh, well, do you know what? I, I, I don't mean to be condescending. I will say the thing with you know the YouTube thing that was more the fact that I think that someone who's got a lot of followers should sort of take it and you know be more sensible with the views and not create negativity more than being right or wrong. And maybe sometimes I do come across as a bit of a know-it-all, but I apologise. It's just my nature. Yeah, you are massively condescending, but I don't mind that. Am I? Am I? I don't mind that because you can back it up with actual facts. No, I don't mean to be condescending. I suppose it's just that it's just sometimes my way. I'll, I'll rein it in for the. For don't the rein it in. Well, you don't. Which I want people. you to project it more. Well, I could have a Twitter personality, I guess. Yeah, you never know. But yeah, it's anyway, n- it's not a Twitter personality. No, I just, oh. just, I'm quite a humble person, actually. Have you know? <laughs> I'm, I enjoy it. I I like a bit of Twitter beef, as long as it's. I I, I mean, what have you made of the Shearer Michael Owen Twitter beef? It's sad, really, because they like the memories of... Is it? Well, World Cup 98, they're my, they're my childhood World Cup memories of them two. Argentina game, both scoring, and unfortunately, one being disallowed. But yeah, it's Michael Owen's not a likeable character, is he? You know, you watch that video with someone put out of him and Nev with the kids, and Michael Owen's like acting like he's just scored against Buffon ten times in a row. It's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? But I don't know. Someone said that, say Wayne Rooney, or not, maybe not Wayne Rooney, but say... I don't know, someone not, who's not Andy van der Meer said that about Evan. I'd be pretty upset, I guess. If, you know, I'm sure, you know, let's, you know, I'm sure that like, Leon Osmond would be upset if someone like, I don't know, Ruston Drenthus started calling out Everton. You know what I mean? you just really compared Leon Osmond to Alan Shearer? Well, I'm just saying a long-term servant to the club <laughs> and someone who's a fan of the club. I'm not saying that the ability level's the same, by all means not, but even so, it's it's, it's not nice that, you know... They won, they won the amount, same amount of trophies. That's pretty much true, yeah. Uh, you know, at their, at their club, so... Well, hold on, at their club. Everyone forgets Shearer won the Premiership. No, no, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> at their club. Yeah, but yeah, I think that Alan Shearer really, I suppose he's still proud to be you know a Newcastle fan and be you know, a member of the community in Newcastle, so... I understand it, but Michael Owen is like, very ungrateful, I think, in the sense that, that you know he's given £120,000 a week by a club and just didn't enjoy it because he didn't like Newcastle. Yeah, but the, the, should you have to enjoy something just because someone decides to pay you a lot of money? No, this is the good the issue, I think, now in football. I think some players did grow up fans and maybe became a job to him. And, you know, I, I think Michael Owen probably did become a job because he didn't love it anymore. And after all the injuries he had, it might become a bit of a slog for him. Michael Owen's just a robot. Well, he is. Have you ever seen that Dubai advert where he's going on the helicopter and it's like, I like Dubai. Welcome to Dubai. <laughs> yeah. You need to score two goals to win a game if another team scores one. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? But I, I, I just find it very interesting what happens when they, like, you know, come across each other in the same room. What what happens then? Because these are the problem with Twitter things. It's, it's two people who are, you know, back and forth. There's no real, you, you can't really, you know, going back to what, People saying about you condescending. How do you know someone's been condescending on well, Twitter? Well, sometimes you can't. Inflection of words is quite hard, isn't it, on Twitter? You know, sometimes when you say something, it can, if you read it a certain way, it can sound bad. If you read it another way, it can sound really bad. See, I, I make it quite obvious. I just call people like a tit. <laughs> and that makes it quite obvious what, what I feel about them. Normally, it has a word before, beginning with T and ending in Y. Yeah. We all know what that word is. Um, you know, and they know. But I just find it a bit weird when people 
people fall out with each other, but you know they're going to have to come together. It's like, yeah, I remember someone telling me a long time ago about, <coughs> you know, doing this kind of thing was try not to fall out with people that you're going to be going to be in a room with mm. quite often and just try and be civil at least because it that will make these situations very uncomfortable. And I find like those two will, will at some point have to rub shoulders and you know listen Shea is quite a big personality so he'll get away with it he, he doesn't have to bow down to anyone he's a, no. he's, a, he's, a, he's quite a he's quite a big alpha and he was like you were saying defending defending Newcastle but I think Owen's still got good plausible points there I just it's just going to make very interesting yeah I, I think there's a few footballs who fell out over the time isn't there and I think remember Shea did, didn't he ball allegedly had put Joey Barton in the dressing room as well Newcastle, they both have worked in the media around each other. Mm. I'm sure they've, they've seen each other. Uh, yeah, I guess you've got it, to... I suppose it's like time doesn't get, hasn't got a chance to heal this rift, though. You know, we've got the whole Duncan Ferguson, Bowen, Lewis Bowen Morsey situation where a lot of people thought it was going to be, oh, how are they going to get on with each other? Well, that happened 15 years ago. A lot of water under it's the bridge. It's in the heat of the battle as well. It's in football, you know, it can be a battle on the pitch and you, know, you both want to win, you both play full of adrenaline. That's di- I suppose it's different than when after the fact and you're just sitting behind the screen and Michael Owen's criticising his call I don't know if someone's criticising Evan unjust I suppose I'd want to jump in but that's just me you know. I would jump in it depends what you're saying to be but I, I do find I do find um, I do find the whole world, world of Twitter and like you've just said that persona of people is really really interesting until you actually know someone in real life or, or have a chance to Deal with them, or see how they come across in other in other forms of media. It's it's it, it's not the place to suddenly start pointing fingers and saying what someone is or someone isn't. No, it isn't. I agree. And you know, I, I suppose it's only a small snapshot of people's lives. You only tweeted five times a day. It's only a small snapshot of what you're really like, mm. and it's only words, as you say at the end of the day. I think that, I think football Twitter is quite a. It's very opinion based, and there is a lot of you know. I, I've been guilty of this at times, probably silly of, of you know you know. It's I, I told you want to be one of the told you so's or. Uh, you know what I mean? And that's what that, you know. There's people who about Marco Silva. There's people about Marco, Mar- Marcel Brands. There's people about Wobi. There's people every player. And I think people like to be right. And this is the generation that we live in now is that we like to be right. And I think sometimes you know you people celebrate being right too much. Probably you know what can you do? <laughs> it's just that, that's Twitter, I guess, because it's like you like to be right and stuff. You know. It's 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 <laughs> it's got the world in the mess it's in a lot of this yeah, that's a right. lot of this way of doing things so no one better than, than Donny over there isn't he that's what he uses Twitter for his propaganda doesn't he well that's it isn't it it's, it's succinct he, he doesn't have to ever write back to anyone he can say whatever he wants to a massive forum of people mm. yeah exactly that's, that's how it works but it is yeah. it's just throwing a little hand grenade in there isn't it and walking away and then seeing how it figures out for your own ends yeah. um, it's not the real world it's not the real world. The problem is, not enough people live in the real world anymore. No, there's more people online than in the real world, isn't there? <laughs> well, <laughs> multiple accounts. Sort of. I mean, it's not quite Neo, but you know. know. But someone said it was a simulation the other week in the science world. Didn't well, there's it? no, there's no way of disproving it's not a simulation. I suppose that's when like people say to you though, <clears throat> "Have you ever been to outer space? Well, how do you know it's there?" I suppose that's a good argument, but it's a frustrating argument. Someone else has been there though. Yeah, but it's they'll say to you, "How do you know they're telling the truth?" Well, that's where flat earthers get the whole thing from. Well, isn't that's it? possibly all you say. Is does it look like they say this? Because there's obviously no pictures of the Earth away from the Earth. Is there? that's the the whole Earth? There's no pit. That's what people say. There's no well, pictures. There is, isn't it? There's the little blue dot. Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's a I, lot. I don't I always think, how do these people get these pictures of like you know when you see these pictures of like Earth from 
indefinite sort of ma- you know uh, ridiculous miles away and you go who took that picture Martian photographer. How did he know where all these galaxies are? How, how did he know how many, how many, um, how many stars and how many? Oh, well, a lot of who counts these things? Maths, isn't it? Of course, but it, it, yeah. So you're just saying it's just. So, but then again, someone will go. What happens if they got some wrong? That, that's a valid point, but you know, obviously, we've got to trust. There's, I trust that there's smarter people than me out there. You, you, know, and, you know, definitely when it comes to football, if, you know, I, I wouldn't question Marcel Brands. He's got like, you know, I may think I know a certain amount of football and players, and I can't really give my opinion on it. But I, Marcel Brands knows best than me. That's why he's paid. Do you know when you send these satellites up, you know, the ones that like go through the galaxy and taking pictures and stuff? Yeah. Do you ever worry that maybe like one of the scientists fell asleep in the back of them and and just like wakes up and he's on the outer rim rings of Saturn? Would he freeze and that's how they kept him alive? It's a good plot for a film if you think about like the Martian, but you're like in like whoa. Imagine that, just like just wake up, you'd be well. Imagine it was like the the whole thing was obviously sealed and there was a little bit of air, and then you wake up and you just go, well, uh, oh, I'm dead. It wouldn't be a very good film. No, very short, like that bit, yeah, but. <laughs> I do. I, these are, these things do cre- cross my mind now and again. Maybe spec savers have first. You could sell that to them. Yeah, I don't think the end would be good for the person, though, would it? Like, you know you what I mean? Spec savers. You should have, because now you're dead. You exactly. Should have read the, you know, the but, um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. What's that weird when you like humanize something? I can't remember what the word is. It's any more notice, but there's a like knowing you you like you you humanize a and not and not an animate object. I always think that for the poor, like these poor rockets that go across like the solar system. I'm always thinking, what about them? What about them? What about the dolphins? Well, don't let's not start with <laughs> the dolphins because they are listening. Yeah, they are. and you know we know how powerful they are as a as a species at the moment. They're, they're, pl- they're plotting. They're plotting. Um, I think we should probably talk about the Everton game. Yes, it is a, an Everton based. Uh, I did not course. actually mean to do any of that. That was, I mean, literally, there's nothing in front of us. We will have a we'll have a we'll just very very quickly touch on. Touch on Baz, not touch Baz. Um, no, Dorian's going to do that. He is going to, yeah, he's going to hopefully fly home today. He's been on um, Hurricane Watch. He, he messaged me yesterday. He was like, they're shutting Disney at two o'clock. Have you had enough Baz? Well, I mean, you've two, two, nearly three weeks of it, lads. Calm down. Uh, but have you bought me the things I asked you to buy me? Uh, the answer better be yes. Is it all Marvel I, stuff? No, it's all like pin badges for me, missus. Um, I, I, all I want is one of those thermal detonators yeah, that you now can bring on oh, the plane. Yes, right. they're, they're allowing them on now. I suppose it does look like a bomb because it's. A it is quite funny the way the narrative went in the space he was there. I was like, do you want? I was like, can I have one of them? He's like, yeah. The next day, I look, I was like, they've been banned. Then two days later, like, no, they've decided. It's like Disney political pressure. It's like, yeah, it's like I only mentioned it once on Twitter. You know, nice <laughs> one. Power of Twitter. Nice one. No wonder <laughs> Trump gets away with all kinds. Exactly. Um, and I think his pl- everything was everything was cancelled yesterday as the hurricane went past the eastern seaboard and basically was blocking the flight plan basically. But I think it's going to move up the coast a little bit. And I think his plane's been delayed by about four hours today, three or four hours. So he should get back Thursday, no problems. We're going to do the tactics show next week. Settled, you know, he didn't yeah. ask me, but we, we are doing it. Oh, he just tweeted it out yeah, in a very that. condescending I enjoy manner. the tactics show. It's, it gives me a chance to sink my teeth into stuff. So, oh, yeah, that'll be next. That'll Wednesday, be back. I, I mean, I, I could have done the tactics show with you, but... You didn't want him. It's not that I didn't want to. I've just, I just, I've been you know, running the ship on my own. You have. Do you know what I mean? I just didn't think I wanted... Didn't want to throw something else into the mix. It's true. You know what I mean? Only got so many hours in the day. 
So uh, we left that. Let's move on. Let's talk about <laughs> Everton. Uh, a, a very tough game on paper on Sunday against Wolves, and it it, it, it turned it out to be game. a tough game, wasn't it? it? Was a they they are a stubborn team, also a very effective team with some really good players in it. Um, obviously, we got off to a really good start, and we and, you know we ended up winning the game three two and. I, 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 you know, I imagine it was a very good game for the neutral, as we mentioned when we spoke on the final way. But um, really important game, wasn't it, for Everton to win that? When you look back now, it was because then you start the season what four, four, four from twelve, and then people saying it sort of so then at seven from twelve, you got over you know sixty percent of your points or whatever, maybe a little less. But yeah, and it, it just it sort of just goes into the break. You, you're close to the you're mm. touching distance of the Champions League places, creates a positive atmosphere. So that's good. It was good because I think the fans would you know if it was four points, you go all right. You know we haven't played well yet, but we've got four points. But you know we still haven't really played like to our full capabilities yet. We're on seven points, which you know, apart from Liverpool and Man City, no one's really streaking away with it, are they? Really? So no, we are. We are where we are. And listen, it's I. I'm not looking at the table. No, I won't be looking at the table till um, till October. But we are in a in a um, positive position. Mm. You know, after, especially after the Villa game. Good week. You know, one two games. No, last time we spoke on the podcast, it was just before we were supposed to. We were playing Lincoln. Um, sticky starting that game. We've mm. ended up coming through that game. Oddly enough, we might be facing the Carly brothers, Carly brothers or certainly one of them. No, they're both. Are they both? Are they, yeah. is, what, is one of them just his assistant? Is he, is he just, the coach, and then it, it, his brother's assistant? Is he essentially just a water carrier? Give him a job? No, no. They're, they're, they're both are very very into the analysis. Okay. They're very good coaches. To, I expect. One day they'll be in the Premier League as managers because they are very, very good. Um, but you know, Sheffield Wednesday are a sleeping giant. Really, they were a big club in the sixties, seventies, eighties. You know, they've always been there and thereabouts. I think good start to the Premier early Premier League years. I remember, remember mm. rightly, but they need they need they need a fresh change, and I think that would be that be good for them because they had a couple of Portuguese managers and mm. Dutch manager, and then Steve Bruce who left them in the summer. So it's time for them to. To have a change, but yeah, uh, we may be facing them again, and obviously that creates its own problems. It does. They, they're already scouted us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and they've got, and obviously Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, have a better, have got a better side than than Lincoln. But yeah, it'd be, uh, that, that's going to be an interesting game. And obviously, again, you've got to favour us. We are the Premier League side. Mm. We have got better players, better squad depth. So, Mark, who's just got to play? You know, take. take well, that'll that'll, comes, that'll really. come around when it comes around. But um, but yeah, I thought we showed. Um, I thought we showed some good good habits on 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 Sunday and and to you know to to be pegged back twice and then to still still go on and win the game. I thought showed that thought that showed a lot of character mm. um, and a lot of and you know without didn't play we didn't play that well. You know, for the no, for we the, didn't. We, we only really turned it on in parts when we were mm. when we were level, really. And well, the start of the game, we really started well, and then you know there was a, that middle period of the game at two one where nothing really happened. Safe where we should have killed the game. We yeah. probably should have tried it, but maybe Marco didn't want to press too much because the more you press with them, the more it opens the, us to the counter, which is I suppose is a smart tactical move, and that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting to get two on two, three on two, and so Marco did play it smart there, but. Eventually they got back in the game. Obviously with that long throw after the we went down and we sort of switched off. But then, you know, we, then we had the, the Richardson goal, which as you aptly described was a perfect Everton goal. As it I was a like perfect it. Everton goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, might be a perfect Everton goal for you, but it was a perfect. No, Everton it goal. was. You know, you know me. I'm a bit of a football hipster. So, but yes, I thought I just enjoyed the the runner. I, I like seeing the, you know the 
basic, no, not, I wouldn't say the basics because it wasn't a basic run, but you know the fundamentals of great strike, you know, striker play where you run across a man, mm. beat them to the ball, and you whip the header. You don't see that often anymore in the Premiership. A lot of it's it's, it's changed the centre forward position. So I was I was quite happy to see that. Yeah, I I um, I totally enjoyed it. It was a it was a real. I mean. You know, if if it had gone the other way, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. I'm sure I would have picked out a lot of a lot of bad parts of it. But you don't you don't tend to focus on them when you've just won the game. I I thought it what it was what what was good about it was there was there was there was moments. You know, their first goal could have easily have been dealt with. Their, mm. The second goal was one of those goals that you look back and go, yes, we could have done better. But like you just said, there there was there was, there's just little little things like the. You know, it's winning that fifty-fifty for the flick on, and then is is Dean awake for it, and 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 uh, obviously um, having a player off the pitch and those kind of things that should have been there. And it's easy to focus on those things, but you you can get carried away with too much of that, can't you? Yeah. It is a football game. It is two good teams going for it, hell for leather, and I think that's 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 the most important thing. Yes, I suppose the most important thing, and you point out earlier, is that we should be resilience. You know, sometimes you'd expect Everton just to like be a two-two game. We wouldn't really threaten them. We did. We you know we threatened a couple of times after we scored the third. We still threatened again with Charleston. Mm. Then they scored a, scored a hat trick with the left footed drive. And I think Marco got things right. I think there's still things to work on. By all means, that's not being negative. I think he he, he probably even knows there's things to work mm. on. And I think that what helped us in that game is that we were allowed, we sort of weren't able to get Gilfy more involved. By having you sort of overloading that right hand side behind their wing back, and that really helped us in having a Wobi. And as I think, I think I read, read the question and answer in the in the uh, the echo today, and someone did mention I can't remember which who mentioned it was, but it did help the Keen played rather than Calvert Loon because Calvert Loon's always coming short for the direct ball, isn't he? And with Keen going and beyond, it opens up that space in the middle, that sort of Gilfy Wobi, and then Fabian Delph sort of stepped into as well. So those little things went for us. Obviously, Wolves. Played, did what you expect them to do. They played direct. He played once against the channels and give Trey the ball and he'll you know try and beat his man. And he's he's he, he, very effective at what he does. If his final ball was like ten percent better, he'd be an outstanding player. But we we, we saw that we, apart from the little odd little slip, we cope with them quite well. If you think about it, we did, mm. you know they did we did concede a couple of good chances to them. But overall, I'm quite pleased. I would you know and you know there's things you can pick up, but there's things you can say were positive. But you know it's all to be worked on. And I think that's what we need to take forward. We're looking in a good position now. We're not. We're still in touch with where we need to be. We're not Watford. You know, look how bad they're doing. You know, so it's all good. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about uh, the start of the season a bit later. But uh, as I said, you, 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 when you've had a tough game and you've got through it and you get the three points, it's it's its own reward, isn't it? It, it, it you know, you, you you can forget about all those minor details or large details. You you just focus on the fact that. It's a tough game. They're a good side, Wolves. And whether you whether you think they are or not, and forget about you know they had the Europa League game and all that. But we we dealt what pretty much were what they threw at us mm, for the large sure. parts. We kept them quiet for large parts, and you know you'll play teams at different stages of the season, and teams will play us at different stages of the season where we'll be lacking some of our best players, and we'll be short in some areas. You, you can only beat what you can beat, and we did that. Sunday. Exactly, that, that that is the key. You can, you know, you know, I'm sure, you know, you know, more neutral pundits say, well, Wolves are coming off that weak game, and you know, they didn't have the best team out the way and fresh. But Evan, you can only can beat what's in front of you. Mm. And at the end of the day, a lot of teams play European football; they've got to adjust for it. 
that's the competition itself. We have to, we've had to do it, you know, not not very well last time as it was, but you know, so yeah, I'm 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 quite happy where we are. I think Silver will work on the improvements, and as I say, as we work the newer players more into the team and they get fitter, will be more. Then we can say where we're at. Then we can say yeah, the next month's going to be yeah, you know, uh, again, you've got a lot of teams that on paper look beatable till yeah. we get obviously till we get to the end of the month, and we've got Manchester City, but. Um, Again, it's another, it's another good chance to put points on the board, but uh, we'll be focusing on that more next week, I imagine. Um, yeah, after the break, we'll be discussing the transfer window and whether managers are right to moan about the timing of it closing. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for downloading the Toffee TV podcast, but did you know we put all our shows out as podcasts? Head over to patreon.com forward slash toffee tv efc and you'll find all the latest shows available as podcasts exclusively for patron subscribers so if you need to find all the latest ever news conversations stats match previews and match reviews as easily downloadable podcasts at your convenience head over to patron welcome back part two of the toffee tv podcast andy and myself paired so the transfer window just shut in Europe. It's all done now till January, but we've had a few managers in the Premier League moaning about the fact that the European teams get three. Well, got three extra weeks this 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 summer. Um, they're not looking to change their window, and it looks like when the vote takes place in a couple of weeks' time. It looks like they're going to change it back to to the end of August for the Premier League for the window to shut. <laughs> I, 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 when originally it happened, I thought that's probably a good idea because you're going you're not going to get basically small teams getting picked off. Mm. So you say, for example, Dwight McNeil had four good games for Burnley, scored three goals. And then Man City go, we'll take right Dwight McNeil after he's had a good start of the season. And with the way it is now, it's basically start with you start and, and get to January with what you start the season with. Mm. I suppose because managers have probably seen that they've got a couple of early injuries, which you can't account for. I guess you look at us with Gabam, and I suppose he would like the chance to bring. Maybe another you know another centre midfielder on low. Maybe I don't know, but or another centre more time to find another centre yeah. back. But that was the hand that's dealt. And I suppose the prices are well. We did well in the summer in terms of prices because Marcel Brands is a good negotiator. But I suppose if you look at certain players who've gone later in the European window, anyway, they were quotes as much higher when our window was open. So it, it does affect it, our, our window closing nearly affects the prices of players. So I think that's why I think I'm not too sure why Pochettino's so upset. I think it's the Christian Eriksen thing. Eriksen really. thing, isn't it? Yeah, but well, what would this in the same situation of our window? But saying that, would he have sold him then because he could get a replacement in? Is that what he's saying? But then surely, if we're talking about Eriksen, he had the chance to sell him before the window shut. Yeah. So you've got a whole summer to sort this out. You've got a whole summer to get your to get your players in and your players out. And he's bemoaning the fact that the that the European window stays open. Well, for me, nothing happened in the European window. No, there was only nothing like, happened. You know, there yeah. was players that could have come to England, if, if the likes of maybe Akabi, who, if we really want, if you know, play, clubs in England really wanted them, the Barley maybe with a bit more time. But then that's up to the clubs to yeah. give give themselves more time. I, I just don't. I just don't see what it's. It's an excuse, basically, for the big clubs to say 
well, we want this and we want that and we want the other. And I, I, I honestly feel like if it wasn't, if it wasn't, you know, shut now, then they'll be they'd want to say, well, let's keep it open all year round because they're always looking for the advantage. And if 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 everyone's if the advantage is taken away from them, then they want to moan about it. I actually think. Jürgen Klopp got it right when he said about the season starting too early. I think he was spot on about that. And I know a lot of people will, will disagree and think he's just, just having a moan. But I thought he was spot on. I thought the Premier League started at least a week too early. Probably did, yeah. You know, after, there was the African Nations had barely finished. Um, we, had the, we had the Copa America as well. The, and the Nations League's now competitive every season. Exactly, yeah. So you, you, you've got tournaments every summer and you're, and you're asking teams especially for I mean for a club like Liverpool and a club like Manchester City you're talking about one game could could define your season that's yeah. how tight it is it for those be. two you know with depending on which you know Tottenham get a draw with City and you look at it and go Ooh, two points already City pick up a couple of injuries and they've uh, Laporte out for the season I think but he's, he's going to have an operation on his knee and yeah. you think that could be it that could be the difference right so starting a week later then you'd have a shorter period between the European window shutting and our one. I think that's more sensible. Yeah. I honestly do. I think the Premier League starting the first week in August. I don't care. There's a Euros at the end of the year. I think that's what they did, though, wasn't it? There was a lot of complaints that England never did well because we never give them enough time to recover after the season, and that 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 sort of started playing on the into the fact of the, of the Premier League because there was a lot of complaints, wasn't there, that England was suffering because ours is the most te- physically demanding league in the world. I'd, I'd give them an extra. I, 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 I used, to, it used to start the second week of August, what, didn't it? Yeah. What, all right. Well, what happens if you know you had the Champions League final? You Tottenham versus Liverpool. What was it? Did they have two weeks off or three weeks off? Was it three weeks? Three weeks yeah. off, which meant the final. Both finals were two weeks off. Sorry, God, yeah. Both finals, the Europa League and the Champions League, obviously, obviously because they were all English. Where I know Chelsea ended up running away with it, but both of them were a bit. Tepid, really. Yeah. You know, and you just wonder whether if a European team had been involved in that and they'd only had like a week off and I, and I look fresher because they're, because less of a gap, would have, whether people would have said we started too early, we should have finished mm-hmm. the season yeah. a bit later on. It's in peaking time, yeah. And I, and there's so there's always an argument, there's always a way, way of spinning it. And I I think the Premier League, yes, the England things first out, and I get that. Just structure your structure your fixtures better. I mean, I was looking at the fixtures yesterday over Christmas. We play, we, I think there's like two days. We play on a Thursday, we play on a Saturday, and you think, that's not, that can't be right. Well, last Christmas, I think, I remember, if I remember rightly, I think it was Man City played the most games over Christmas, and then I think Everton and Tottenham were next, and Liverpool played. We the played. League. We had the biggest rest We gaps. had the shortest rest gap. It was us, and then Man City were just behind. Mm. We, a lot of us had the shortest, but mm. Liverpool... Of yeah. course, had the longest rest gap of anyone. Which then, I'm not saying they did, that was intentional or whatever, but it gives it give basically give them an advantage over the Christmas period, which obviously internally ruined in January when they started drawing games. But even so, you shouldn't be. I think the, the argument this time around, they've got the winter break in where what after with six mm. games one week and you know not six games, sorry, eight, ten games one week, ten games the next week, won't they? Oh, is that my right? No, that's wrong. Five, it's five, five, five. five. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was terrible, Matt. But yeah, so th- that, that's what they're trying to do. <sighs> 
there, there must be a way of doing it. And I don't think there needs to be as much international football. And I think international football is great for FIFA because it makes them a lot of money. But let's be honest, here, club football rules the rules the roost now. And, and and for me, I only want to see club football. I like international football. It's like something in the summer. But I don't want it affecting club football anymore. And and that's not really the I know I know that's like sacrilege to people of my age as well who love the World Cup and I love the World Cup and the Euros still. But all these like the Nations League, it's just another way for UEFA to make money. Well, that's all it is. That's I mean I I, I actually prefer competitive games to fixtures. Of course, yeah. But the reason why I say that is because I actually think that gives countries in Europe, certainly the top countries, more chance to bed players in properly so there's no reason why Southgate couldn't have five or six players and played them in the Euro uh, the Euro League and then they were looked at to look at the Euro and then so you get it you could use you could easily use 35 to 40 players in a in a calendar year rather than just the 25 because you've got loads more competitive games so you're giving players proper games instead of taking a load of people who come on for the last 5, 10, 15 minutes of a game. I think it can be done a lot, structured a lot better. But I think the Premier League has got to say, we need, you know, because, you know, Germany, Germany has a massive winter break because it needs it. Italy didn't start till late. You know, these these club countries have still, have got 20 team leagues. Um, I think Germany's still 18, isn't yeah, it? But, yeah. but Italy is. And I know they don't all have, all have the League Cup, but, this, this, I just that's got to be the first thing for me. But going back to the window, I just don't see, I just don't see the difference it makes. If, if you've got a play like Ericsson and he wants to leave, get it sorted earlier. Give him an ultimatum. Say you either sign a contract or you leave. Well, the problem with the Ericsson thing isn't is that he thought he was going to Real Madrid. Zidane wants a Pogba, but they couldn't get Pogba, so he was second choice anyway. And would he really have got I don't think Real Madrid particularly wanted Ericsson I think Manchester United are looking to sign mm. in January supposedly and that's very typical atypical Manchester United move isn't it trying to get players off the rivals and paying a lot of money in 2829 mm. but that, that's what they'll do but I don't see the problem I think I, I like the fact the window closed I know you know the squad before the season I like that part of it if it went I suppose and managers only go complaining and it goes back and going oh, I'm trying to bed players in the end of August we've already had four games and It'd be the same situation because, we, as we discussed uh, on the um, on the Tuesday topic mm. about trying to bed players in and managers not getting enough time with players in pre-season, it'd only be even worse if you were buying players late in the window. You'd be talking October, November by the time you've got a settled side. So maybe teams have benefited from the fact they started the season with a, with a, you know with a core side. If you want to continue with it, I, I as I said, I don't know where it I don't know where it comes from, and I know. I know Marco Silva's actually said this, and he's he wanted he wanted you know back to the way it was, and I can understand like the Gabaman situation. Mm. But what happens if Gabama gets injured on the third of September? Exactly, how can you you can't, you can't foresee injuries. That's exactly that's exactly you, a player can be injured at any time, you know, in any situation, you know, and and I, for me, I just it just it just stinks of the big clubs. Trying to get their fingers into more pies, and you know, we wouldn't have even made a difference with the Zaha deal because we probably would have started negotiations late in the window again anyway. So instead of starting them in you know in late August like we did, we would have started them in you know say in late July. We would have started them in late August, so you still would have had like time constraints because that's how you get the money down, isn't it? You try and get towards the end of the window. So I don't think. I don't know. I think Pochettino just doesn't seem happy to me, and he's been the main vocal critic. Of no, me. he doesn't. He seems very. I don't know what it is. Whether Daniel Levy's strategy of waiting late in the window, and mm. he's not. 
Right. And he and not the player. Well, to be honest with you, there was a there was a story in, in I think it was May, and he said this is the four or five Tottenham tar- four Tottenham targets for the summer. Everyone was correct. They signed all them players. So I'm sure he agreed on them targets as well. Or is he saying that he wants different players? I don't know. He just doesn't seem happy with the transfer business they've done, even though they've signed some fairly good players. Yeah, I, it, it's a it's a baffling one, but we we we'll wait and see. It looks like it looks like they'll get enough enough signatures to get it through. But again, I just don't think it's helping anyone but but those big sides. And um, well, it's everything's done to help the big sides, isn't it? Really, exactly. And it's listen, transfer transfer windows, transfer windows, great. Maybe what it is is maybe it's the fact that when you're preparing for a season to start, you don't want that added manager doesn't want that added extra headache of two days before the season starts you're trying to still bring players in but that's why you have directors of football isn't it that's why you have people doing that job for you I just don't see how, how it would be any different I know obviously this weekend we'll put it this way Everton would have played Sunday and then the window would have been shutting Monday yeah, so you would have had to you know the man would, we've had the same it situation, we've yeah. had it in like the September September's when Everton have been playing games yeah, and after the game, signings again, or in between the games, signings Exactly, so, yeah, yeah. so if you've got games, I just think that it's it's just another excuse, and I'd like it to stay the way it is. I don't think it will, and I like the fact, you know, you're going, you know, remember the season when we had Fellaini for the first three games, and everyone knew he was going to leave? Yeah. And then, obviously, then we got Gareth Barry and, and uh, McCarthy yeah. and Lukaku in. I don't but know. But it is, it is going to, so imagine Crystal Palace got to, you know, September, thought we're keeping Zahan, and someone buys him. And the way their club recruitment works is not that great, and they couldn't have they didn't sign a replacement. Then where would Palace be really without? I don't know. I, I just think it the way it is now seems to fit. But maybe the maybe the real reason they want to do is they want to go back to all year where you can buy players all year round again. I know a lot of people won't remember that because it was what two thousand three, four when it changed, mm. two thousand two maybe, and you know that's why it used to be like Andy Cole signed for Manchester United in March when they won the title one year. That's how and Keith Lesby went the other way. Um, to Newcastle, but yeah, that's what used to happen. You could sign players up until late. Was it April fourth or something? Yeah, yeah. There's obviously the window shut late, but um, I don't know. Football, the, the, the managers never seem happy. They always, no, they're always looking for an excuse. It's, it's always an edge, or an and that's excuse, what worries yeah. me. That's what worries me is that they're always looking for an excuse, and they're using this now as something. And it, it, it for me, it works. Well, it works for the fans definitely. I don't know if the board or or, or anyone else buys, but it definitely works for the fans. If you you know if you ever look at Rafa Benitez for example or Jose Mourinho, they use the fans as a way of you know they put their propaganda out that they want the best for the, mm. they want the same as the fans. They want the you know and the, and then the, the pressure becomes on the owner. Then it always happens. Whereas I think that's what they've done. What Pochettino is trying to do is trying to get Daniel Levy to sort of give him more power. I'd be guessing mm. if anything. We'll see what happens, but it looks like I think there's a vote something like the twentieth of September. It'll change probably. Yeah. Partly one of the reasons is we can't loan play. The championship window closes at the same time, doesn't? So you can't loan players to the championship after a certain point, can you? Mm. So obviously we've still got we're stuck with a lot of under twenty three players still, which is another topic for discussion. <laughs> <laughs> do that with Baz next week. Yeah, we'll do that with Baz next week. Yeah, yeah. come up in the uh, final part. We'll have a little chat about the beginning of the season, our thoughts on it, and how some of those new signings have bedded in. We'll be right back. Thanks for downloading the Toffee TV podcast, but did you know we put all our shows out as podcasts? Head over to patreon.com forward slash Toffee TV EFC and you'll find all the latest shows available as podcasts exclusively for Patreon subscribers. So if you need to find all the latest ever news, conversations, stats, match previews and match reviews as easily downloadable podcasts at your convenience, head over to Patreon.
Welcome back to the final part of the Toffee TV podcast. Me and Andy. Wow, we're waiting for Baz to come back flying through Hurricane Dorian. Or is it, I don't know if it's been downgraded. Might just be. Mildly upset, Dorian. Blowy, blowy <laughs> wind, Dorian. I don't know, I don't know. Um, four league games, one league cup game, one defeat, three wins. Thoughts so far? But overall, positive, yeah, positive. I'm still worried about certain things, but that's just me being over analytical. I'm guessing, you know, that's just me. But so far, so good. You know, there's there's positives, and the fact that we still there's still new players bedding in, and they haven't got up to full pace and into the full, you know, acclimated fully yet. So it it, it bodes well, I'd say. It bodes what, well. what are you worries? Lack of we're not creating enough good chances. Uh, bears out in the numbers if you look at them. Um, we we conceding to the same amount of chances that we're creating. So I don't know if anyone was aware of what XG is, but it, it's basically a, you, you look at it and we're quite level at the moment. And really, you want to hire obviously goals, you know, XG because it shows that you're creating enough chances to win games consistently. But at the moment, we you know based on XG, we're drawing off all games. Isn't Watford's XG really high? It is, but they're not creating good chances though. They're creating chances, not good chances. That's the, oh, that's the but issue. it's still good, it's still high though, isn't it? But that's the that, that to me, which is, the problem with them is though, is that. They, that to me means that they should come out of this. Okay. Should it's, just, it's not an exact science. No, of course, course not. But they should come out of it and start getting results when it, when it clicks. But whether they will or they won't, I don't know. It was like Manchester United last year. Everyone was going, yeah, they've won nine games in a row on the Solskjaer. But anyone who looks at XG knew that they were conceding far too, they were far too open at the back, and you know, it did sort of fall around, fall down around them. So it can happen. But oh, but I think what's changed, and I think it was a good that Villa defeat sort of set in motion. Changes among in the system in the side. I think it, it gives Silver the impetus to say, "I'll oh, start playing after because mm. like, I can get them in the game." And for, you look at the difference in the Wolves game. There's a lot more movement. Lot of, you know, players were playing more in the channels. Players were moving around. You didn't really have fixed, rigid system like we had in previous games. So I think it worked really well. I think that's that's it for me. Is the fact that the first two games um, and and obviously the Villa game, I was quite worried about the lack of chances again, but. We're bedding new players in, you know. Certainly Sunday with with uh, the three players making the debuts, I feel a bit more positive about it now. I think that that's that's where he wants to go. He does want to bring those players in. He does want to change the team. He does want Moishkin um, in the side. He does want a Wobi in the side. They're not there just to make the numbers up when people go. Oh, where are you going to play? He does want to find a way of playing Fabian Delph, whether it's alongside uh, Gomez. And I think with that and with Richarlison, we'll score goals. I think we'll I think we'll score goals. We might give goals up, and I appreciate that. But I don't think we'll give goals up in the way we were giving goals up last season. Not silly goals, no. I don't think. I think if we're going to concede, we'll concede like at a normal rate. I don't think we're. Last season, it was just every other corner free mm, kick. Exactly. Worried, yeah, so I think we're going to be a bit braver. I think we're going to take chances. I think we're going to go and try and win the game. And if it leaves the door open now and again. You have to hold your hands up and say, "Well, that, that's the way it is," and that's what happens when you first start with a system like that. It's when you start getting into the uh, uh, down further down the road. If you do get further down the road, which is when you start dominating games and you you score and then you go and score again, and you you just you just run over teams. Now, listen, I don't know whether that's going to happen with Everton, but that's what the plan is obviously going to be, is that there's a bravery and there's a confidence as well. There's a confidence to turn up a game like Sunday where people might go, oh, it's Wolves and they haven't won a game and we didn't beat them last season. And you're thinking, bad thoughts, where really what you th- should be thinking is, hang on, Everton haven't lost a home game 
since February. Right, yeah. We should we should be going out here today and we should be confident and we know we're a good side. And it's when you get that confidence and everyone feels like that, that you go into a game and go, that's what we're going to do today. And you beat so many sides in the Premier League by having that attitude before they come in the door. Because if you've got that attitude, then they've got the, they've got the attitude of we're already beaten. Yeah. And we don't seem to ever play anyone who's beaten before we play them. It's ve- it doesn't matter who we play. And it doesn't matter whether it's home or away and what their form is. We never seem to go anywhere. And the opposition think... We're already beaten today, and that's what we've got to create. Yeah, we do, and I think my well, my worry, I guess, my like sort of question is, I want to see Everton break down that low block consistently. When teams come to Goodison, and we are making a fortress now, as you say, we haven't been beaten since February. I want teams to think, well, we're going to have to defend today, and I want Everton to go, well. Great, we'll take it on here. We'll, we'll break you down. We'll score goals against you, like Manchester City. I'm not saying we're going to be as good as Manchester City because they've obviously got so much talent. But we need to have, as you say, that that want that need to sort of to beat teams, destroy teams at home. Like you know, we did it under Cumin. Funnily enough, I don't know why we you know, away from home form, away form under Cumin in the first season was not non-existent, was it really? But at home, we just destroyed teams. Yeah. So hopefully, we can get that you know that back and break teams down away from home. We just need to be more consistent, really. That you know, we just need to we can't have a lull in performance. Like at home, we seem to have, you know we seem to be playing with consistency in in the fact that we're winning games or gaining points. But away from home. Not so much still. It's been a factor for the last four or five years yeah, and sure. I think since since Martinez's first season really. And it that is that is where that's where that's really projected is where again when you're playing someone away from home, if they ultimately feel like there's a problem. But we've got to start projecting that, haven't we? We've got to start you know, look at someone like Tottenham. I mean, do you know what the biggest one to look at? Someone like Palace. Palace just seem to go away from home and just all their troubles just seem to fall by the wayside. There's no pressure on them and they go out and play their natural game and they've got a brilliant away record because because they just I don't I think they I think they think before they start well, we everyone expects us to lose today so let's just go and try and win the game. You know when they got pegged back last week at Old Trafford to one one. There wasn't, oh, we better shut up shop in case they score another. It was like, well, if we don't go down the other end of the pitch and try and score, these are going to try and nick one because that's what they do. Yeah. And it's that kind of attitude. Whereas when we went to Villa Park, Palace a little bit fit, different first game of the season because we'd had a player sent off and we were we were just wanted to sort of get through the game and get a point. But when we went to Villa Park, we were after a, a, a good open in 20 minutes, we sort of just went inside, inside ourselves then. And like you were saying about, Goodison on on Sunday in a way and it was like we'll we'll do nothing and that should be all right till a bit later on when we'll start to try and pick it up again but in the meantime they score mm. and then we're like we're up against it then and the crowd was against us and and it, everything felt against us and we've got to get away from that we've got to get start sticking out our chest and saying no we're good enough here we've got players on the pitch let's let's go and let's go and exude that confidence I think it works for Palace for example from away from home because they they're not behooving to try and play out and the crowd at home wants them to start with create chances whereas a way they can play on the counter-attack with Howard Towns and it, 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 it's better for them I know that, that you are right what you're saying as well but and I suppose with Everton at home and sometimes the way because we have now got a reputation as one of the better sides in the league teams will sit in against mm. us and pick us off away like Villa you know where they didn't really create any chances apart from 
their two goals. And I think that, that's the risk when you go away from home now for us is they're going to draw us onto them and that's what they want to try and pick us off. So it's finding a different way to play away from home that's going to be able to, to shut the back door, obviously, but also you know, score goals as But well. I find that quite interesting because I think if you go away from home and the opposition are, are asking you to attack them, that's when we should be beating teams. That's when we should be saying, do you know what? We've got we've got three or four players can do can do you real harm. If you invite us on, then you know you've got no chance. It's where people struggle when they do play those top sides. They don't know how to play against them when they no. play at home because if they they sit in, the teams will just dominate yeah. and they will score goals. You know that's that's where those teams win or the, you know certainly the top three last season. That's how they win. And when teams have you know when teams have a goal with them. Then they go. Well, we can sit in and we let you on the attack. You're not good enough, and ultimately that's the thing. You're not good enough to beat us, and therefore you won't, because unless something dramatic happens or there's some fluke or we dominate and you get one spawny goal, yeah. which is what you don't mind that as such. But it's when it's when you start confidently and then suddenly go into your shell because one little tiny bad thing might happen like you might concede a goal yeah, yeah. that shouldn't be the end of the world no. but for too many times for Evan it is the end of the world certainly you know, if you look at our last two away defeats you know Villa and Fulham exactly the same kind of it game it was exactly the same kind of game yeah where you just after the first goal it was just a you know, it, it, it's, it's and we start Watford as well. It's the a lot of the time I say it's the impetus with Evan. Evan when they start passing it a bit quicker and a much better side, but then sometimes in games it's just like let's just play it round, let's take it. Mm. And I think it, we draw teams onto ourselves, and that's when we do. And if someone makes a mistake, then they get well. Sometimes with Everton, it's, we, we don't. I suppose we don't concede a lot of like good large chances, do we? But the chances we do concede sometimes are just good chances, and people can score it. Like mm. Villa, they're two really good chances they scored, and. And that can be the difference, really. That's how you react to it, though, isn't exactly, it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's how you react to it. If you, if you sit there and feel sorry for yourself and everything's slowed down, then the opposition is just going to get every man in behind the ball. You've got to have um, different ways of playing. And let's hope that now with with these new players and, and a difference and players fighting for their chances. Well, look at Delft. Delft's been in a... Delft and even a Wobie. If you look at a Wobie, the, the, you know, the game was almost lost when he came on against the New Cup final. And then Joe, Joe Willock really came on changed the game for mm. Arsenal. He scored a wonderful goal. He tried. They tried to get back their chances. You know, Delft's been at City where, you know, they won't let themselves... They always won't let themselves mm. lose games. They will try to the last second of the game to score goals. And I think having those players who do push on, who do want the ball all the time helps. Because I think sometimes Andre Gomez, you know, good as he is and, and as, as fantastic as he is sometimes he can go into a shell in certain games and that is the problem that we've mentioned before he can play within himself but having someone like Delph Rans and come out, you know, pulling him, yeah. pulling with him that's going to help him more so and I think that's why you'll see Gomez play better at times of season with Delph but then there's certain games that you can't play both of them so it, it, it's fine it's, it's having that you, it, Gomez is a good example because it's having that confidence in the people around yeah. you to know that you don't have to worry about moving up the pitch and doing what what we I think we said this after the Villa game was Gomez that that knife it looked you looked at him and thought he he isn't going anywhere because he doesn't trust the people around him to cover the space that mm. he's leaving. Suddenly, if you get those combinations, if you get those partnerships working, and Gomez suddenly starts thinking, do you know what I can pick the ball up and start moving it like he used to do with Valencia? And I know we've mentioned this a lot of a lot of times. Pick the ball up, start moving it forward, start hitting the space. He's got you know you can imagine big big. Big lads, if he starts moving that ball yeah, in the right yeah. areas, he can get up the pitch. I've seen people call him slow as well. He's not slow when he's in full. full. No. When he's in, when he's moving, he's quick. Maybe he doesn't have the greatest lateral quickness, but I think we, we, I, I I don't like to call players out really like Andre Gomez because I do think he's a good player, and I think he was helped as we, as we're we pointing out with Delph. 
I think he will come into his own as the get the more confidence he gains. But we just, as you say, we just like to see that more that Valencia Gomez mm. than the Barca because it suits him more. Let's be honest. No, I, I think as I say, I think it's confidence in the people around. If you feel like there's people in there who can do. You know, they use the old saying, you know, do your job on the person next to you as well. You know, if there's a fella next to you, if you feel, oh, I can't get back into my position, but the person will cover me, or I can cover him. It's, you know, that's so important. It's battling for each other, mm. and let's hope we start to see more of that. We've got, you know, we've got, we've got good fixtures coming up now. Good fixtures that obviously lead us into a, a tougher spell. We we do we seem to it seems to be the same way every year. We seem to get all the tough teams in one big glut but that's not the worst thing in the world if you're in good form and you've you've laid those foundations if we go if we played like we did last season against those teams though we'll have a good chance because mm. we found a way of playing against big teams who do give us more space go direct try and work them you know Dom can still come into those games I know people have you know, got the doubts about Dom at the moment but he's still effective in those games holding that ball mm. or flicking around now you've got a Wobie you know, and Delph, who can, you know, especially Delph, who can ping those long balls that their foot of his. And Andre Gomez, we've got we've got different options to throw at teams now. And I, I don't fear, apart from Man City, because they're just so good. And, and Liverpool, the derby's always a tight affair. So you know, I, I, I don't I, apart from City, I don't really fear any other team in the league. If I'm honest, I think we could we can do a job against any team. It's just whether obviously it goes right on the day. But I don't fear. As I say, I, don't, I think we can we can beat certainly any side. Maybe mm. we should be. We can beat City, but it'd be the most difficult side for us because the way they play. It's a positional game. It's the question if you do you want to beat City? <laughs> no, well, as you said before, no, we don't want to beat City, but if it was the difference, you know, at the end of the day, if it, you know, the difference between us when you know getting the Champions League and Liverpool win the title, I'd, I'd take the Champions League and Liverpool win the title all day beating City. I, that's my just my I know the Champions League isn't a trophy, but however, no, it's it, a, it would boost, be a kickstart for the, the club, boost that it'd be the, the kickstart for the club, the, the players you can attract, the, you know, the sponsorship that you attract, even though you know, in that short, it, it makes a world of difference. Yeah, that's why I think the game is to get into the Champions League by the time it gets to Bramley Moor because yeah. the level of sponsorship. For the stadium will go through the roof if you're in the Champions League. Got to fill all all those executive boxes. Exactly, that's, you know that's what I mean? the whole key. Yeah. So hopefully, I think the great thing about it is I believe in Marcel Brands and Marco Silva's plan. Whether you believe Marco Silva's the right man or not to take us forward, that'll bear itself out. That will bear mm-hmm. itself out. But he's been given the tools to see. He's been given the tools to succeed. Now we'll got, he'll probably get another window, another two windows. I think at least next summer, based on how the season's going to go. So let's, let's see how it goes. Positive stuff, positive stuff going forward. Um, we just have to see what happens. Just have to see what happens and what unfolds. Okay. What do you think of any, like you know, the other teams in the league? Do you think? Um, obviously the speakers to the front two, the big it's two. It's difficult, like, isn't it? Because the front two, top two, are the top two, mm, and yeah. they, I listen. I think there's going to be a lot of not interchanging between them. I think, um, I think it's going to be very much like last season. And I think Man City will beat them. Will be wrap it up much earlier. It will come. Well, I I honestly do believe it'll come down to the games between them. I really do. I think both of them are such a force. It's not good for City if they're picking up injuries like Laporte and they've no, already got Sane. No, I'm going to company anymore. You know, that, games, exactly. Yeah. The, the the other centre backs are really going to have to you know pull it out and Fernandinho might have to drop back in there and uh, you know they'll have Rodri in midfield, but. Whereas Liverpool don't seem to pick up those injuries. No, no, no. They, 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 they're the, regi- the regime 
of workouts and, and vitamins seem to be working very well for Traore shakes. Yeah, the Traore shakes, exactly. Um, yeah. They never seem to get injured, though. No. Whether that's good training or sports margins, you know, people need to learn from this because they never seem to get big injuries. They don't, they don't seem to get injured. And even if it is, it's very, a very, very, very lucky club. Very, very lucky <laughs> club. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. Um, I think Tottenham will be fine. I, think, I know people are looking at Tottenham now. I think you know, they haven't started the season particularly well, but... Do you not feel like they're in transition, though? Like they're, they're, like they're almost between two different sides... And it's about yeah, because they brought, what they've brought in in the summer is two, is two ball, you know, two ball playing midfielders, and if they can't get them on the pitch, they're still the same team as they were last season. Who will either win games though? Maybe, maybe not. But Delhi Ali's not in the side, and the the, the full backs have changed, and that is an issue because I don't know why Tottenham didn't see this. Pochettino, when he when his Tottenham teams have been at the best, had mm. flying full backs who caused a lot of problems for teams. And slowly, Danny Rose has fell out of favour, even though he's still there. And they almost stole him to Watford, didn't they? And I don't like the right hand I... side anymore. Already, he's not that good. And without Trippier, don't get me wrong, he wasn't good last season, but he, you know, he provided them with something. I think they've got. I honestly think Tottenham have got a few issues. Not not issues that will will drop them out the top six, but I do think it could drop them out the top four if they're if they're not careful. Because I just think that. The, 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 yeah, I think you've seen it on on Sunday against uh, against uh, Arsenal. They've. They're great going forward. It's hard. I don't think they're good at, that good at the back anymore. What's I think. surprising is that you know I really liked Davis and Sanchez, and I thought he, by now he would have been developed even further into mm. one of the better centre backs in the Premiership. But it's, he seems to have stalled for whatever yeah. reason. And maybe I'll be wrong, and maybe he won't be as good as I thought he'd be, which I'm, I'm fine about. But it it, it the, behind to Alderweireld and Fatonga who are aging, the, the, mm. the, you know, Foot's quite nope. erratic at times. You know, what I mean? maybe so, that's why he wanted the transfer window. <laughs> maybe because of the centre back. No, I needed, I think I I honestly think. That that not saying they're there to be to be taken. I just think that they they're, they're not gonna be any closer to those top two this season. I don't think they're gonna get anywhere near them. I don't think. Um, I think Arsenal are good going forward, but are terrible at the back. Well, we, you know, you knew that. And they, you know, Arsenal fans would tell you that they thought Louise was fine, but yeah, we all know what Louise is good at. He's fantastic on the ball as a centre half, but. The base, the basic as is, is you need to defend yeah. as a centre half, and, he, and his positional play, and his awareness of picking men up is awful. I think Man United are my work in progress. I don't think there's a fear factor. I don't think there's they've, they've got uh, enough creativity. Sort of match winners in the team. No, they though. haven't. They haven't got enough creativity in the midfield, and it's going to take time for that back four to completely bed in. I don't think the goalkeeper's happy. So I think he's um, he's playing a little bit within himself. So I think they're there. I think Chelsea transition aren't they? Really? They are. I think Chelsea. The fear factor's absolutely gone. I think that was shown on Saturday. Which Defensive, effort, yeah. Defense. They're all over the place. Who Tabby 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 Tammy Abraham's will he score enough goals? Who anyone? Who who else will score goals? And I, so I, I suppose th- it's just him and Mason Mount at the moment, which is not enough. That, that, exactly, that, especially for top six. You and know what I mean, I think if you look at that, and when that Champions League starts as well. That's gonna that's gonna uh, put them under pressure as well. So I think all four of those teams, if somebody, and I'm not saying Everton, I'm saying if somebody can have a really good season, there's no reason why they can't get them in the top six. Now the somebodies are clearly Leicester because they've got a striker who can score goals. And they've got to play with Craig for them as well. In yeah, T- Tealman oh, and, and Madison, and yeah. Madison. Uh, they've got a strong base. As it's well. what happens with that back four. Yeah. Um, well, Soyuncu's coming, and I. I I remember what I watched him when he, I think it was at Freeburg, was it Mainz? And he, he is a good player, but I thought it's going to take him a year to bed in, two years maybe. It's took him a year, he looks good, but we'll see how it goes the rest of the season is early. And so obviously there's ourselves. 
Wolves are going to struggle with that Europa that's, League. Uh, that's that's what I think they might do. And West Ham, yeah, West Ham. With Seb, yeah, they are, and it's that's why you can't say if Seb Haller has a good season, like a really good season, he could propel them. Yeah, he could score because they are goals. that kind of team. But they are the kind of team who are on a flip of a coin. They yeah. really are. It's like if they got a goal scorer, yes, well, they might do all right. If they got a goal scorer, no, then they, they won't do it. I think it's the consistency. If you look at like the, the, certain players can go ebb and flow on based on how consistent certain parts of the team are. Now, if you look at you know West Ham, sometimes this is the op looks a great sense. I'm mm. a big fan of this is the op, but but sometimes him and Balbuena look lost. It's it's it, and that can affect them completely. Mm. Leicester really, if Vardy's not scoring, then you know. You could score goals of Perez and Barnes and maybe Madison can chip in, but there's not like another 15 goal striker behind yeah. Vardy. So there's that, that us. It all depends on how we, we gel and how. And it, we, I think we've got a good, you know, probably the most strong squad and depth out of any of them clubs. But will we, you know, will, will it work? We'll will see. we score enough goals? Yeah, isn't it? exactly. Well, we should. Yeah, that's the is problem. There, is there anyone in there? In anyone else that we haven't spoke about that could just be like? That team that is really annoying because they Burnley. Would... I was thinking the same. I was thinking the same. <laughs> Not the Europa League and without Joe Hart, he seems to be, he seems to have fixed it. And actually, Barnes, actually Barnes goes the goals. Austrian. He played Austrian on the twenty ones. I don't know how, but his granddad thinks Austrian. But he's scoring goals, and they've got Dwight McNeil, and they've got like a st- and they've got that defense which just knows each other. And, mm. and, and you know, I, I you know I have jokes with Owen Parks on Twitter all the time about his love for Dice, but Dice knows exactly how to play and exactly how to grind out results. They can do. They can beat teams, and they want teams to come onto them. They're ready for that. Yeah, they'll so, they'll they'll they could be eight, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, they they they. Not saying they're a worry, but they'll always give someone a game, and on on you know we've seen already with them. They went. They went to. They went to Arsenal and and troubled them for a while. Yeah, they did, yeah. Um, you know, they went to they went to Molyneux and picked up a point, and just they they, they 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 seem a lot more sort of comfortable than a lot of other teams who seem to be. It's a lot of teams in flux, I think. Yeah. Now, now we are fairly early in the season, so where will be you know where will we be in te- by the time we get to the tenth game? It could be completely differently. No, it could be. I suspect Tottenham will be right to the ship by then, and, and, and Arsenal will be beating more teams because that. From- I think I think what 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 I would say, just to round up things yeah. off, is because Tottenham, Arsenal, Manchester United, Chelsea are all in flux. It gives them all a chance though yeah. for themselves. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not yeah. like it's not like there's if there was one or two of them. And two two of them were certain for the Champions League. Then you'd be like, oh well, they're just going to huff and puff for fifth and sixth. But because they are are all in flux, it gives everyone else a chance, and it becomes interesting then because if then if everyone else has got a chance, if Everton are beating teams and Wolves are beating teams and Leicester are beating teams, then it's suddenly those teams between third and sixth look at it and go, well, they're beating each other, so that actually helps us yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And it just helps the top two run away with it. It does, yeah. So, but the, and it also it's going to make it interesting when you get to January. If everything's still open to play for, do teams yeah. gamble? Do teams? St- you know, I hope they do. Obviously for me, but you know, they, we hope. That- are you are you selling some of these players? You're no, an agent. Well, I'm not an agent, <laughs> but I do work for an agent. So like, and obviously, it's an active market, and it usually isn't in January. No. Let's be honest. But hopefully, there's there's some Premiership no. teams that want players, but. I think that Everton, I don't Marcel Brands particularly likes January, but I think bringing in a third centre back, maybe even mm. just on loan, even if it is Kertzuma, you know, or whoever, is smart because we don't, we don't. If one injury at centre half, you've got Mason Hargreaves. I know some people like him, no, no. some people don't. I'm very much out on him at the moment, unfortunately. I'm not saying I, I just think it's posi- at the age he is now, twenty two, twenty three, his positional awareness really should have come on. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's a lot. Uh... It's, there's a lot to say in the next few months. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting season. It's going to be an exciting season, I think. I think this is the, apart from obviously the two 
two teams at the mm. top. I think the rest of the league's quite in flux, and I think even down the bottom, I think they're the promoted teams are yeah. going out to try and win games. So you know, Sheffield United have been a good, had a good start as well. They have had a good start. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out in the months, the months, weeks, and months to come. There you go. An end of another podcast. Uh, I will not be here next week. Baz will be. I'm hoping he'll be here. Sadly, I will. I'm hoping. I'm hoping he'll be here to. Uh, Otherwise, it'll be me and Joe. If you've ever met that, him. would be. I mean, I think that would be a great. Well, I'll be, we'll be talking would, about Ukrainian would, football for an hour, wouldn't we? I would. Yeah, but the Yamalenko special. Um, <laughs> He's back, actually. Don't, don't, don't yeah. ever raise the subject of Yamalenko yeah, around Joe. Oh my God, the greatest night of his life when we went out the year. Uh, I know. <laughs> weird. He's a weird. He's a weird child. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and uh, watching. If you're on Patreon, see you again. Toodles. <laughs>